0: This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, July 23rd, 2021, and let's talk about the weather. Well. How many ways can one say perfect? July 2021 will probably go down in the weather record books as the most perfect weather month in Seattle history, and I'm not exaggerating. No month in Seattle history has offered the combination of consistently sunny skies, clear, smoke-free air, lack of rain, and near perfect summer temperatures, with highs in western Washington in the upper 70s and lower 80s, but cooling at night into the 50s for good sleeping. It is warmer in eastern Washington, of course, with daytime temperatures getting up to near 100 degrees most days, and it has been and will be cooler along the coast with highs topping out in the lower 70s most days after some morning clouds. This is an extraordinary contrast to our crazy June, which started with an extremely wet period, record-breaking wet period in the first half of the month, followed by a record-smashing, obliterating heat wave. The key to our meteorological perfection this month has been a persistent large-scale atmospheric pattern with a week upper-level trough offshore over the eastern Pacific, and a ridge of high pressure centered over the Rockies. This configuration of the atmosphere provides weak onshore flow at low levels, which keeps our temperatures moderate. But with the ridge inland, there is sufficient sinking air aloft to keep our skies generally clear. Now, by the middle of next week, the ridge of high pressure will amplify over the Rockies and will move slightly to the west, which should increase our temperatures into the lower to mid-80s. But there are no worries about a major heat wave. Finally, let me remind you that next Thursday, July 29th, is climatologically the driest time of the year in western Washington, and particularly Seattle. An ideal day to plan a wedding or to schedule an outside party. I hope you enjoy the weather during the next week. It should be spectacular. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about how wildfire smoke moves around the atmosphere. Now, as we enter wildfire season, it is interesting and important to understand the meteorology of how wildfire smoke moves around in the atmosphere. What controls smoke movement? Why does smoke sometimes stay aloft, never reaching the surface? And how does the daily cycle of heating at the surface change how smoke moves up and down? All of these questions will be answered in this podcast. During the past week we have seen a particularly dramatic example of smoke movement from wildfires as smoke from these fires along the west coast from BC to California have moved across the entire continent causing poor air quality over the northeast United States. It was really quite bad there You could barely see the Statue of Liberty, and air quality was hazardous for vulnerable people. Now, careful analysis of the 3D paths of air, this is called trajectories, reveals that in this case, case, smoke rose from near the surface here in the western part of the United States and BC. It rose to roughly 5,000 to 15,000 feet, and then caught a ride in the faster-moving winds aloft that were directed roughly from west to east. So the smoke went up, got into the freight train aloft, moved across the country, and then was mixed down to the surface over the eastern United States. Uh, Ironically, because the winds aloft are generally westerly from west to east these days, a major West Coast cities from Vancouver to Seattle to Portland to Los Angeles and San Diego have been relatively smoke-free. Looking outside now, and the sky is, is just a beautiful blue. Well, let me give you a little bit about wildfire smoke and how it moves around. Now, wildfires produce substantial heat. Now, that causes air, and thus the smoke that's associated with the fire, to rise. And it can rise from the surface well into the atmosphere. How far the air, the smoky air, moves upward depends on several things. The intensity of the fire, the structure of the atmosphere above, and the time of day. Larger fires not only produce more smoke, but they create more heat, which causes the plume of smoke to rise even higher. The temperature structure of the atmosphere aloft is important as well. A region of temperature increasing with height, called an inversion, can block or slow the upward motion of smoke. And these kind of situations often develop at night as the ground cools off as it radiates heat to space. On the other hand, when the surface is intensely warm during the day, The air tends to convect, move up and down and mix, aiding the vertical movement of smoky air. Now, warm smoke-laden air tends to rise and cool with altitude, and it stops its vertical uh, motion when it reaches an elevation where it is no longer buoyant and that occurs when the temperature has dropped to the same temperature as the surrounding air. So you have this warm, smoky air, it's warmer than the environment around it, it rises like a hot air balloon. Then finally, as it cools, as it rises, it eventually cools to the temperature of the atmosphere around it and it stops moving upward. Now, because of the assist of daily surface heating, because the sun's heating of the surface is an an assist to rising air, fires tend to rev up during the day and they tend to weaken at night. And this is very clear if you watch how the satellite pictures of of the smoke around fires uh, during a 24 hour cycle. Now, another factor in how smoke moves around is the strength of winds with height. Winds tend to be weaker near the surface where there's a lot of drag from trees, buildings, and low hills while winds strengthen aloft, resulting in much faster horizontal motion of smoke. Now, higher in the atmosphere, roughly 15,000 to 30,000 feet above the surface, there's something we call the jet stream. And if the smoke gets to that elevation, it can move very rapidly and as far as thousands of miles. So let's put it all together. So a If you have a small fire burning at night, when the vertical mixing is weak, this smoke tends to spread locally and through a shallow depth. But during the day, when the surface gets heated by the sun, fires tend to be enhanced and inject smoke deep into the atmosphere, where it can catch up to the strong winds or get entrained in the strong winds and can travel long distance. Watch an animation of weather satellite imagery this kind of daily cycle is very, very obvious. Now, smoke from fires at a distance away can rise to moderate altitudes or even high altitudes, and then spread out and move horizontally. But frequently, this kind of smoke from fires far away tends to stay aloft and doesn't come down to the surface. And in those situations, air quality at the surface can remain quite good even though, there is, even though there's smoke aloft. Now, this happens to us all the time here in Washington state. Smoke from fires in Central and Northern BC or Northern California can reach our area, but this smoke often remains 10 to 30,000 feet above the surface. We may get hazy skies and a red sun, but our air quality stays good. Now, when the fires are closer, the smoke layer, you know, will, will, will be there. Um, and we can sometimes have smoke reaching the surface. So that's what happens if we have a closer fire, maybe getting into Oregon, um, we can have smoke in a layer, maybe not as high a layer as the distance fires. And sometimes this smoke can reach the surface. When surface heating causes the atmosphere to mix, And the atmosphere mixes through deeper and deeper layers as as the surface gets heated. And finally, when the surface heating gets high enough to hit that smoke layer aloft, it can bring some of the smoke down to the surface and air quality degrades rapidly. We've seen this several times during the last last few summers. Air quality in the morning could be good. But then as the surface mixing gets some of that smoke aloft, it brings it down to the surface. And air quality gets worse later in the day. Now, To get the absolute worst air quality from wildfire smoke, one either needs the fire to be very close or a way to get the smoke down to the surface very effectively. Here in the Seattle metropolitan area, the worst, worst smoke happens when wildfires are over the Northeast Cascades, just on the other side of the Cascade Crest. If there is northeasterly flow, The air is forced down the western slopes of the Cascades. And that is like a conduit of smoke down to low levels into populated areas. A similar effect occurred last September in western Oregon. And in this case, it was from fires that was on the western side. And the downslope flow moved intense levels of smoke down into the Willamette Valley and Portland. And eventually some of that air got up to us. Finally, let me give you some good news. The weather forecast for the next week suggests that our, our region will remain under moderate westerly from the west airflow so that the air quality should remain good because the fires will put, be putting up smoke east of the Cascade Crest, but it'll be a blown away from the populated areas on the west side of the region. So, you know, I expect our air quality to remain quite excellent during the next week here west of the Cascade Crest, but it's not good for people over the eastern portion of our regions and downwind. And so unfortunately, air quality in eastern Washington, Idaho, Montana, and all the way to the east coast will not be good as this, our smoke gets pushed to the east. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.